Hello, my name is Hazel Rowe from Eames Consulting and welcome to another episode of Inside the Auditorium. My next guest needs no introduction for this episode. I welcome Andy Blythe, Chief Auditor for Risk at Citibank to the podcast. In this candid interview, Andy gives insights into his strong audit career, Risk Audit, and what makes a good auditor. Take a listen to one of the sector's most recognisable and seasoned professionals. Enjoy. Hello, Andy. Welcome to Inside the Auditorium. Very pleased that you're here. Um, Thank you I hope you can start off by um, just telling us a little bit about who you are and why you got into internal audit. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, my current role is at Citibank, where I'm the Chief Auditor for Legal Compliance and Risk. Um, I got into internal audit quite a long time ago. Uh, my first audit job was at a bank called ING Bearings um, back in the mid-1990s. Uh, Bearings Bank was bankrupted um, by a rogue trader called Nick Leeson out in Singapore. And I joined the new audit team uh, just after the bank had had been lost. Um, so an interesting organization to join. To be honest, I wasn't looking for an internal audit job. I qualified as a chartered accountant with KPMG outside of London. I was looking for a job in, in, the, in the financial services industry. Um, at the time, I was looking at product control roles because that was sort of the, the, the new thing then, sort of working with traders and spreadsheets and, and, and pricing um, and so on. And I was persuaded to go for an interview um, for this internal audit role. Uh, and and the people I met um, were were very exciting about what they were looking to do, and I think part of what internal audit was looking to be at IND Bearings um, kind of tempted me into it. So I uh, I, I took the job, um, spent a few years in internal audit, and then moved into market risk management. Um, I did a maths degree and focused on um, a lot more of the quantitative stuff and so on. Um, and ended up spending a little while um, in in risk, both in risk management, and market risk, and then uh, working building AMA models when Basel II came out um, and introduced sort of operational risk and operational risk measurement. But ended up moving back into internal audit because to me it's where I felt I could offer the most value um, to the organisation, given the skills and the background and and the experience I had. Um, and so uh, I ended up back in internal audit, moving back in around 2005, probably, uh, and have been working in audit since then. And all throughout your career has been sort of more on the risk side of audit. I know that you got into a consumer a little bit when you was at um, SCB, but what's made you sort of stay with risk and concentrate on risk just because, you know, that you like the subject or... Yeah, so I, I originally got into that, I think, probably because of my more sort of, I'd never describe myself as a quant, but but I've always been interested in in sort of the, the maths and so on. Um, I think it's developed over time because really risk moved into, especially with Basel II, moved a lot into sort of the, the, the capital side of things, risk-weighted assets and so on. That then morphed more into, <clears throat> excuse me, um, morphed more into general governance Um so I've, I've I've moved around a little bit and then then come into more of a risk focused role again now. Um, I think risk is so central to so much of what the organisation does that I, I think to me having a, a good understanding of how risk is measured and managed um, helps in all sorts of ways looking across uh, looking across the organisation front to back. So so it's always something that's interested me. 
And and also as well, you're doing risk over all products. So from consumer right the way through to markets and everything at the moment. Do you, do you find one yeah, is more right. interesting? Do you find one is more interesting than the other? Um, so I used to think that back in back earlier in my career, I used to think you know the, the trading floor and all these complicated derivative products and so on um, were had to be the more interesting side of things. And, and you mentioned just now that when I was at Standard Chartered, I did spend a few years leading the consumer bank audit team there, um, and that's a role that my boss asked me to take on um, at the time. I thought it was it was something different, and I, I you know. I, I'd, uh, it, it was what gave me the opportunity to to move to Asia, which was which was good. Um, I thought at the time, well, you have credit cards, mortgages, how hard can it be? But actually, the challenges around risk management and and running and managing a, a consumer business are, are very different, but but just as interesting in terms of the the type of data, the frequency of the data, the different techniques that are used to analyze that, the, the different risk management techniques. So I, I, I think I learned from that, that that actually there are there are equal challenges really in all sorts of things. I mean, some of the you know, some of the complex um, structured derivatives, some of the math gets quite quite tricky with that. But w- when you actually look at the risks and the controls and how the bank is is, is looking to manage those and and earn a return and uh, and um, and deliver to customers and clients. Um, I think both both have their own challenges. So, would you say that consumers got more interested now because of the digital pace and everything going online, and just in terms of what's happening in the world as well with the interest rates and everything? Um, I guess I think the whole world has got more. In, it got well. I say that it, it's it's a challenge at the moment. But when I think back to when I first started out, I mean, we we had. We have people running around trading floors picking up paper tickets to go and input into machines. It's a very different world. So although there is change going on all the time, there have always been these challenges of sure. of, of, of doing things differently. I think the um, consumer has particularly embraced the the idea of sort of mobile um, internet, so that, that that sort of digital way of doing things, um, which which potentially brings a brings an additional challenge there. How you move from those interfaces down into the core banking systems of the bank and how you, you you manage all that I think remains the same across all of the all of the businesses um you mentioned interest rates I think we, we're in an interesting environment at the moment where a lot of management in financial services have, have grown up in an era of low interest rates and we're still historically at a relatively low level of interest rates but we've got a lot of people out there who are who are learning how to manage through this and, and learning how to run their business let alone manage the risk um, or control the risk through through the, the control environment, just learning how to manage and, and, and build a strategy for their business in a higher interest rate and higher inflation environment. So that 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 brings interest and challenge to everyone. Sure. And then, so because one thing I've noticed, though, is that I, I don't see, um, I see credit risk as being a really hot topic, especially on the counterparty side over the next year. But I haven't really seen so much in terms of more on the lending side in the fact of people's mortgages that have gone up and, and the risk there. Um, but consumer risk seemed to be quite more of a hot topic a few years ago. Why is that? Um, that's a, it's a good question. I think counterparty credit risk, um, you're right, is 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 one of those those hot areas at the moment. Um 
there's a there's a lot of development there. It's quite a technical area. There are sort of those convergence risks with um, uh, you know, with, with market risk and so on. Um, I think to me with 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 retail, the the challenges from a credit risk point of view come at, at, at either end. It's it, it's about making the right decisions in the first place, so making the right lending decisions. Um, so you know, scorecards and other and, and different scoring models yeah. used for that. Um, and then you know, mortgage may be slightly different, but when you think about credit cards, P loans, and so on, um, generally those are managed more on a delinquency basis rather than a cash flow basis. Um, and so you look at your you know, your, your collections activity and, and and how you'll respond to an increase in delinquencies and, and, and sort of forward planning for that. Um, and so it changes the scale of that in terms of the I guess the inherent risk of of future defaults and so on, but the the, the the controls and the way that the bank needs to think about that, um, I think, are, are fundamentally mm. the same. Okay, and and you pretty much then you are a career auditor, although that you have stepped out into other roles a couple of times over the years. I suppose what what sort of kept you in internal audit? Um, I think it's two things. One is the the challenge and the interest. Um, I've always enjoyed working at organizations where there's there's work to do around the control environment, if you like. Um, uh, and so um, being involved in 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 discussions with 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 senior management around how to make kind of make the bank a better place, safer, stronger, um, but in a but in a commercial way, because obviously um, there's a cost to control um, and you can't pay to control all the risk out of the business, that would be that would be the wrong thing to do. So it brings that sort of commercial commercial side into it. It's also the people. Um, audit is a people business, right? Um, the, the teams we work with, the stakeholders we work with, it's about relationships, it's about reputation. Um, and I enjoy I enjoy meeting new people. I've just recently taken on an additional team here at City, um, and I'm very much enjoying meeting a whole new bunch of stakeholders, uh, getting uh, getting to know um, a whole new team. Um, so the people side of things is important to me. And so do you feel that then, you know, years ago when we all started to get into all day, it was very much tick boxing and um, that that has very much changed. Even when I'm picking up vacancies now, the more, um, you know, being consultative, Making sure you know that people understand their topic and that they can that they can communicate properly. This I didn't find was such a um, wasn't as necessary years ago. And and do you think that people that get into audit don't understand now how much of a consultative role it is than just being a dictator, if I could say that? We were never dictators. Um, well, I, I think I think. Um, I think the industry, the, the profession, if you like, as, yeah. a, as a separate discipline, um, has has come has moved on a lot in the time I've been working in internal audit. Um, I think it's the, the overall we've we've, we've we've moved things forward. Um, and even when I go back to the to the to mid nineties when I started out, there were individuals then who were trying to work in that way, um, and and it it kind of depended on the organisation. So again, at, at ING Bearings. Management wanted help. They wanted that um, yeah. advice. They wanted all the views that they could to make the make the bank a better place at that point in time. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think um, we we've 
post-crisis, we've seen um, a lot more emphasis placed on internal audit. Um, boards, executive management, regulators all place a lot of importance on, on internal audit's opinion. Um, fundamentally, the job hasn't changed. Right. Um, yeah. the, the, the independent audit, independent internal audit function, whose job is to provide positive assurance that controls are working to manage the risks of the bank is, is, is fundamentally what we do. And then we raise issues where mm-hmm. that's not happening. Um, what we've seen, I think, it, it, as I say, post the crisis is, is a change in, in, in the industry and in organizations towards putting more of more emphasis and focus on that control side of things, on the balance between um, risk and reward, um, and the the professionalization, if you like, in some ways of internal audit. So the the standards that the Institute of Internal Auditors are brought out, and so on. Um, I think that's that's all helped. I think um, <clears throat> what we tend to see now is the culture in organisations has 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 moved on um, to to be more inclusive of all those different views of all the lines of defence. Sure. Okay. Um, okay, because there was a state, you know, I think as well. Do, do you think then the reputation of audit has changed in terms that people actually didn't want to get into internal audit because they would have to speak to stakeholders and the stakeholders wouldn't give the information that they wanted, whether that was because the stakeholder hadn't done it and, you know, people saw audit. I, I want to choose the right word, but you know, wasn't as wasn't as glamorous. You think that that's all changed now? Then um, I think we've seen a I think we've seen a significant change in how people look at internal audit. Um, as, again, back when I joined, it was seen as a as a good way into an organisation. Um, but a lot of people would see it as you know, go and learn learn your way around the organisation for for two yeah. or three years in internal audit, um, and then then go and get a, a different role. We've we've seen. We still see that happen because what we're doing is we're, we're, we're giving people a good grounding in, in risk and control. Um, and if we're exporting that talent out to the organization and they have a good control mindset, then, then everybody's happy. Um, and it makes the, uh, makes the organization a stronger place. We're also seeing more people who, um, look to build, build their careers within internal audit. Yeah. Um, and I'm fortunate to work at a, a large organization where we have a lot of opportunities for people to, Looking at different products, different businesses um, to 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 have a um, to have an international career here as well. Um, but in all sorts of organisations, you see people who are who, who see the value in, uh, in 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 building that longer term sure. career in internal audit. And I, you started as an external auditor. Um, what would you say? One one issue that we do get come across is that I think some of the external auditors don't want to get into an internal audit role because they think it's the same the same thing. Um, what would you say to that person? Yeah, so I think we, there's always been the, uh, the, yeah, the that um, choice for someone from a, if someone was coming from a professional services firm to look at a finance-related role or an internal audit-related role. To be honest, when I worked, at, um, worked in... Um, uh, as an external auditor, the work that I did was was more akin to financial reporting and financial accounting than it was to internal auditing. Um, uh, so I think there's 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 an equally valid argument for for someone with a external audit and a chartered accountancy or or equivalent qualification um, to look at either. Um, equally, there are there are skills um, that you learn through your training. Um, 
that are, that are equally relevant to to internal audit. So I think there's there's a choice. So it's a it's a great uh, it's a great professional qualification to get, um, and it's a it's a good grounding in in all sorts of things. But I must admit, I I don't because of the worlds that I look at, we have we have auditors who obviously cover cover the financial side of things. Um, and they're very, uh, very, very knowledgeable um, and, and skilled in in that sort of financial mm. accounting, financial reporting, and so on. Um, I don't use a lot of the accounting side of things that I learned in my chartered accountancy qualification, but I've picked up all sorts of other skills, and a lot of the experience I got from that set me in good yeah. stead to start off my career. I think as well that sometimes people don't understand how much product knowledge that you actually learn as well, Um, you know, and and yet again, how you can move internally, um, you know, into other organisations. So you mentioned earlier on that you've been to Singapore and and, and you worked there for a while. What do you think that's been your biggest um, achievement then so far or, or what has audit allowed you to do? Um, that you don't think would have happened if you hadn't have been in the role. Yeah, so I think there's a there's a couple of sides to that. In terms of biggest achievement, I sort of align what I feel to be big achievements with where the, where the organ where the organisations I work for have have, have made achievements. So uh, where I've worked on um, things that again make the bank a better place in terms of how it's thinking about managing risk and control. So I think you can't separate audit from that. In terms of my own personal career. Um, I do think the the international side of things does stand out. So I've been fortunate to um, spend some time um, based in Singapore and to spend some time based in New York. But outside of that, I've, I've traveled to so many different places, met so many people in so many different cultures, corporate cultures and, uh, um, and different environments um, as well. But to see a lot of the world, admittedly, a lot of it airports, hotels and offices, but you always find a way to see a little bit of the of the local culture um, while you're there, and and to me that's an international um, that international opportunity that audit offers. Maybe these days with with their different ways of working, um, and probably more con- being more conscious of of our carbon footprints and so on. We're not flying about quite so much, but we still get the opportunity through Zoom and through uh, in, in in all sorts of different ways uh, to work in a very international environment. It's a very international business. Um, so, so even though um, the the ways of working may be slightly different, to me that's um, that's one great thing about internal audit, especially in financial services. And do you think so? In terms of the areas that you're working within risk at the moment, or, or covering risk, do you what, what do you think are going to be sort of the key risks that are going to be in demand for 2024? Yeah, so I think I mean, you, you mentioned earlier around sort of interest rates, inflation, and so on. I mean, there's 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 always going to be um, uh, there's always going to be the macroeconomic geopolitical side of things that we need to think about. We're seeing all sorts of, of challenges um, in the world um, around that. Um, we've also got ESG climate risk, um, and we see across all three lines of defence a lot of demand for either people with that experience or how to how to give people the understanding and knowledge. We're all working that out as we uh, as we go along. Um, I think when you look at and again, the, the, our industry is is the same as the rest of the world as we're working out how we're going to deal with artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, and we see uh, a lot of demand again for for, for knowledge around that. Um, uh, and, and similarly, digital assets, although sort of it sort of ebbs and flows a little bit um, in terms of the in terms of the levels and so on at different organisations. Um, 
digital assets are, are clearly here to stay. Um, and, uh, and so making sure that we have the right specific knowledge around that, again, either building it up, uh, building it out for, for existing team members or hiring those skills in. Fundamentally, though, what I would say is at the end of the day, it all comes back down to, to control. And so the, the, the qualities and the skills that we look for in internal auditors remain the same <clears throat> around curiosity, around tenacity, around um, you know, skepticism, but not cynicism, pragmatism and, and, and sort of that, that commercial awareness. You're right around product knowledge. Um, it's something that we all build up. But fundamentally, um, you know, controls are controls are the same for any business. The the, the, the form may change a, a little bit, but in substance, they remain the same. So there's some specific subject matter expertise that that I think will be in demand. Um, but the same type of person, um, I think, will still will still be in demand for internal audit functions. And and so therefore, with the skills that are that are going to be required, do you think a lot of these skills can be taken from current internal audit teams, or do you think that um, new tra- new training is going to be provided? Because um, I remember years and years ago when we was all um, recruiting for financial markets auditors, and there was nobody. And so we was all trying to get people that were big four trained that may have been traders, but really, you know, it just didn't work. Do you think that there's going to, you know, we're going to have to get people more from the business to try and entice them into internal audit? I think we've been doing that anyway. Um, and again, I think referring to back to, to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, I think um, that people are people are being attracted to internal audit more uh, more now mm-hmm. for the for the opportunities it gives to get involved in in, in different things. Um, so when I look, for example, within my team at our, at our model risk auditors, um, we have we have people in that team all, all of them could could go work in the second line or the first line they they have the skills they have the 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 um the, the detailed knowledge and so on um but they choose to 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 work for us in internal audit similarly we have people with um uh with with backgrounds from the from the first line um and the second line in in, in all sorts of disciplines so i think i think that's been happening already um i think the important thing of course is to balance those so those business product knowledge, subject matter expertise side of things with the core audit skills and the understanding of, of, of risk and controls. And you can you you can teach people to either of those things. So everyone comes with something to bring to the team. Um, and then um, then we bring those different skills together to work together. People learn off each other um, and, uh, and and we bring everyone up to um, to the yeah. to the right standard that we need. Well, I think it helps anybody in whatever they do, you know, whatever role that you do within banking, it's always good to have a little stint in in internal audit anyway. You know, that's something that I've always, you know, seen and feel that, you know, is always good for people's career. It's it's something, you know, that, yeah, that people like. Okay. And, and, And then do you think, you know, when you're sort of 16, 18 years old and you're at university and, and uh, you know, school thinking, oh, yeah, I want to be a doctor or a nurse. And I don't think internal audits on anybody's lips. And um, what, what, what do you think, um, you know, what, what, how do you think that we can get people to come into internal audit more? I, I see there's a lot more graduate programs, apprenticeships. and um, But is there anything, you know, that you think, people don't realize about audit 
Yeah, I, I think um, again, I think that I think it's been changing over the years. So, so as you say, we you, know, you, you see graduate programs in a lot of places that bring people in um, straight from from college and university um, into internal audit specific schemes. Other places have have internal audit as a rotation on on, on other graduate programs. Um, I think a lot of organisations find that people who come through those programs will very often stay on um, and take a permanent role um, mm. within internal audit. So again, I think that image has ha, has changed over the years. Um, I, I, I think the again that that point around the um, the breadth and the the, the breadth of relationships, the breadth of, of of the people that you meet, that you interact with, and so on, um, to me is important. It's um, because those are the kind of people that we want to attract are the people that um, that want to go out and meet with stakeholders. Um, again, thirty years ago, you, you, you'd have some some auditors who would who would just want to sit at their desk and and, and go through you know, go through documents and pieces of paper, and the idea of meeting a stakeholder um, was not particularly attractive. That's that's not that's not who we want. We want people who who, who want to get out there. Um, you know, the word audit um, comes from the Greek word audio to listen. It's about listening to people. It's about talking and listening and learning and understanding and and sort of joining things together. Um, so I think the more that we can, that the, the people understand um, that, that it's a, it's very much a, a kind of people business. Um, it's about problem yeah. solving. It's about looking at, at, at ways to make things better um, and not just about um, ticking a box. But again, I think we, we have made good strides um, in the industry towards mm. that. And, and do you think then... Um you know, in, in terms of internal audit, what, what, what do you think sort of companies are doing that works well to attract and retain candidates? Um, so I think, again, it's to, do with the, it's to do with the teams that people work with and the, and, and the people that they meet. Um, so I think, obviously, we've, we've just been through a, a few years where um, we've all learned how to work differently. Um, but um, one of the things that I think, um, across the financial services industry now, you're, you're seeing in, in in different ways, but and, and to different extents. But bringing people together, bringing people back to the office, um, and here here in, in in my office here, it's a it, yeah, it's a busy, thriving place again, um, which is great. And, pe- and 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 helping people to 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 see the benefit of working together, of of you know ha- having those people to to, to bounce ideas yeah. off of, of, of having that environment. Of meeting stakeholders in person, face to face, rather than over Zoom, of being back in those back in those rooms with a whole group of people, where you're you're coming up with ideas and and talking and solving things in the room, um, rather than scheduling specific sort of fifteen or thirty minute Zoom meetings just to catch up, just to catch up on something. I think the more that we can get that environment together and and get that collaborative um, way of working. Back into things. That to me is what, again, what, what what helps enormously. Whenever I interview someone, as far as possible, I like to do it in person, not over Zoom. That's getting more and more difficult. The expectation now is that these things are going to be done over video. But the more you can get that personal connection um, up front, yeah. um, and then that's uh, that that's really really important to me. I think as well, it's trying to get that balance because not everybody wants to come back to the office and. Um, you know, so it is trying to find find the balance to to try and keep everybody happy, right? So, um, okay, yeah, great. I, agree. I just uh, to, to me that internal audit is a, a role that is very difficult to do unless you spend a a, a reasonable proportion of your time 
with other people in the office. Again, it's a people business. Um, yeah. And so you know, we, we really do need to need to keep working on that and, and help people to understand and, and want to come back in um, uh, to, to spend time with people because that's the way that we, we, do, we, we do better work. And, and I think that's the same across, um, yeah. across all sorts of, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of teams. Well, also as well, I know most of the organisations that you've worked in really do promote internal mobility. And, um, you know, I don't I wonder whether anybody realises that being an internal auditor, when you're going to audit these departments, you can actually see what the managers like and, um, you know, how well they're doing as a department, whether you actually want to go and, and transfer in there or not. Sure. Um, okay great I um well I've got some uh, quick fire questions just to finish off with um so um if you could just let me know one piece of technology you can't live without oh um I'll be boring and say my phone I must admit I'm a I'm a little bit of a luddite I'm not, not great with technology but I am very reliant on my phone I don't know how we did without them and what are you reading right now um, right now, I am reading two things. One is um, uh, I'm reading the uh, uh, the Thursday Murder Club um, uh, novels by uh, by Richard Osman, um, which my wife read and, and and really enjoyed and told me I must read. Um, I'm also reading a book about black holes. I went to a um, just randomly went to a um, a lecture a couple of week couple of weeks ago at the um, actually at the RAC Club um, where this. Uh, um, uh, this uh, doctor of astrophysics from Oxford University was presenting around book, black holes, and it was um, it was very interesting. I bought her book, so I'm educating myself a little bit about that. So, a bit of a contrast. Is that an easy read, though? It's it, yeah, it's a lot easier than that than like, a brief history of time and all those uh, Stephen Hawking books and so on. There's there's not a lot of actual math in it. Um, and tell me, who's a company that you admire quite a lot? Ooh, um, so when I was living in Singapore, I, whether for good or bad, as we say, we all think differently about travel now. I spent a lot of time with Singapore Airlines. Um, my, my job took me, uh, took me all around, um, uh, a lot of different countries. Um, and the combination of, um, the logistic side of things and being able to run something as well as they do along with the customer service side of things. I've always had a had a soft spot for Singapore Airlines. I'm not going <laughs> to contrast them specifically with British Airways. <laughs> and tell me, what's the best thing about working in internal audit? The people. That may have come across in some of my previous answers. It's all about the people um, yeah, and the opportunity to meet so many different, um, different people in yeah. different teams and, and, and learn every day. I think, I, you know, that's the, the, when people ask me about my career. I mean, you know, the one thing about internal audit is is all the teams are all different, different personalities in, in, in whatever, what product they audit. And, and that is actually one thing I do find really interesting about the role, um, definitely. And um, if you wasn't to do internal audit, what job would you do? Oh, now that's a difficult one. <laughs> um so what I wanted to do when I was growing up, um, I, I played a clarinet and I wanted to go to music college and be a professional musician. Um, oh, wow. uh, now, um, 
I was persuaded by my dad not to do that and to kind of go and get a proper job, as he put it. Um, but I think if I wasn't doing this, then then I might I might give it a go and see if I could uh, see if I could get my get my playing up to scratch. Do you still play now? I do. Yes, not not so much with uh, with others now. I used to play in various um, various uh, different groups and so on, but time and um, uh, time and, and, and work have, have made that a little bit impractical, but I still try to keep things up. <laughs> nice. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add to uh, our listeners? Um, I think the, the only other thing that maybe we could touch on is around diversity and inclusion. Um, yeah. And the importance of that, we talked a lot about team, um, about teams and people. Um, I, I, I just think that it's it's such an important topic for everyone these days. I just think it's worth worth mentioning to everyone that it's as important. Um, maybe I might even argue more so. We're we're a function who are who are there to think differently about things um, from the business to to be that critical friend to think of things the business doesn't. Um, and so the more diverse we can make the team and more inclusive the environment because they are two separate teams you can have the most diverse team in the in, in the world if you're not inclusive about making sure everybody has a voice then you don't get the benefit of that sure. um, but i just think um mm. uh, along with some of those other areas we talked about just uh, for me a, a really important one to make sure we keep in mind and keep pushing forward and also as well, though, there is now internal audit teams that are dedicated to audit culture as well, right? How does that work? Absolutely. So uh, and these are, uh, again, we, we have we have a, a team here that, that does that. These are people often with, uh, again, with different skills, um, different education, training, different knowledge. Um, there's There are different ways of, of looking at and, um, and monitoring, auditing and, and assessing these things often quite difficult conversations then to have with stakeholders um and again we're we're all uh we're all i think across the industry working on that and uh and um and learning how to uh learning how to think about think about culture um a strong culture is the ultimate preventive control um if everyone's if everyone's aligned to do the right thing in the first place um uh then then it it, it goes a long way um, towards making sure that that the right outcomes are achieved. Um, so yes, very important area, um, and uh, um, something that maybe sits uh, has been thought of a little bit separately in the past because of the because of the nature of the techniques that are used. But very much something that we and, and, and others around the industry are bringing in. Yeah, but that's great. That is great. Okay, well, look, thank you very much for your time today, and um, I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Amy.